Welcome, friends, to the fourth episode of the eighth season of the Euphoria podcast. Uh, why do we have so many seasons? Nobody knows. Uh, the good news is that unlike Game of Thrones, this eighth season you won't need to try to forget uh, exists completely, as is so many of our goals in this modern era. Uh, I'm Dracos. Joining me is top 50 challenger jungler. Oh. Woo! And Harry Potter impersonator Cadrill. Dude, what? I had to. I can't give you just praise. Uh, is you know that what because I mean? of the tweet with the, 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 the chat guy that keeps putting Harry Potter? In, um, I mean, it's the it's little it's Harry the thin Potter. Rim, it's the thin rim glasses, you know, that do it for me. The budget. Can you Harry just can you just give me a Leviosa? Leviosa. <laughs> do you have a sharpie? I think. <laughs> You're natural. That has to be a bet at some point. We need theme bets. I don't know who I look like, but we can just like uh, put a bad cosplay on the line. I'm very bad at actors and names and. As am I. Maybe chat can tell us. I I can't tell you who you look like. You look like you. Thanks. You look like you too. Oh. But you also look like Harry Potter. Uh, Platforms. It's available on YouTube. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Um, Today we're talking to El Yoya about our top five junglers in the LEC. Uh, But Drake goes. You ask, how did you decide your top five junglers? Well, we're going to do that before we talk to El Yoya. So you're going to get to watch how we make our tier list, who does and doesn't make the cut. Um, Spoiler alert, we've already had a kind of a pre-discussion to figure some of this stuff out. It's going to be really hard. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But before we even do that, we have to talk about week three. And I want to start very quickly, Cadrell, mm-hmm. by talking about SK. Because last week, we I obviously went on a big rant before you talked about Sauce. Um, I still... Still you, not any, a any, any, That's fine. I was like, we can... We will, I think... People let us know. If you want us to dedicate 10 minutes on a future Euphoria episode just to talk about this sauce nonsense, I'm, nonsense. Ha- I'm happy to do it. Well, if to discuss Cadrill's difficulties with sauce, I'm happy to do that. That's, that's my, yeah, that's better. Um, but since we last spoke, dear audience, obviously there was, um, SK has now brought in the, the challenge support of the ERL support to kind of step in. Um, I still think that this is a rough situation for SK, but it is obviously a step in the right direction. That said, it would probably be much better, again, to bring in a jungler and let Treats play support. So still wish the best of luck to SK. They got a win last week. We'll see how it develops. But I thought I had to at least give a note, given that they did make some changes that seem to be in the right direction, even if they're not my favorite. Um, But I think even more important than that, Cadrill. They put a support main in support. It's crazy. Positive. it's, It's really important. I wouldn't have thought that. They could have put a jungler in and that would have been more on par. Imagine the scenes. Imagine the scenes where there's like Tinks goes to jungle support or something or they sign like an academy jungler. No, that would be that would, that would just be memes at that point. I think it would be um, honestly way too much. But the other piece of news that kind of snuck in after I wrote the kind of the, the structure for the show today is Excel. And I want to get your take on this. We got okay. Marcoon and, and Advian, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, Advian. Advian coming in. And they did pretty well. Any EU Masters and a certain someone on this podcast for a long time has been saying, why don't you just bring in Marcoon? Um, that's you. You've been yeah, saying been that saying and they that's... finally did. So how do you, are you happy? Are you like, yes, Excel finally took my advice? Well, I think at the start of summer, I think they should have made these changes, to be honest. Um, I think that in the, in, in the content that Youngbuck put out uh, for Excel, I think he said something along the lines of they didn't want to jump to conclusions after spring. But honestly, I would have just sent in the jungle support they look fantastic in solo queue now solo queue is a bad metric to look at but having rank one as marcoon you know that's a huge thing already and then getting to eu masters finals right so two of the biggest boxes were ticked for an lec player right insanely high in solo queue eu masters finals what what more can you really want yeah. out of a spring split of a player right especially when he's so young um advian exact similar situation 
I think bringing them in, jungle support changes the whole dynamic of a team. I think there's a couple combos which change everything in the team. I think they're jungle mid and jungle support. Those two, those two, two like kind of roles of two players change everything in the team. So hopefully the team gets revamped in a way because they were the team that lost to SK. Yeah, they lost to zero five SK when they were like they were like two three in the standings. They lost to zero five SK. Uh, I wasn't personally a fan of the draft either. Uh, I think that playing Azir Sejuani Nautilus into Silas is like you're just asking to lose, especially when you're playing like scaling mid, scaling top into full heavy skirmish comp. Um, yeah, the fingers crossed. Nuke deck will carry us in the late game team fight strat is not uh, not my favorite. Yeah, I think that it was slightly poor in a way, but uh, hopefully these jungle support changes can help them because I feel like maybe they were forced to draft this way. Um, because if you look at Dan in general, he doesn't strike me as much as a carry player. He's the only. He's apart from treats, he has three Sejuani games this yeah. season, this split. And despite the three Sejuani games, still has um, pretty abysmally low activity stats. We're really up to date on jungle stats this week, folks, because we all had to do our research and, for this tier list. And that's the thing that annoys me about watching XL. Um, it's just. I wish they would do something like yeah just like enemy team ganks makes a play looks for Drake looks for a herald starts taking your towers there's no such thing as a cross map in that team and if there ever is a cross map it has to be by the book text textbook paper you know like um there's no innovation creativity it's almost ganks. sterile you know it's what I mean exactly yeah it's like mm. they just have to do it by the books every single time and when they get thrown a curveball they just look shocked so uh, I feel like jungle support needed to do way more in their games personally uh, but now they have a new jungle support. Marcoon is kind of like the opposite to Dan. The way I see Dan is like this carry, this um, tank player, you know, kind of helping out his laners rather than getting himself ahead. He's never going to go like carry a solo game. You know, he's going to get his team ahead to carry the game for him to be that bridge from early to mid game, which is very absolutely fine. Doing the meta is in that kind of spot right now. But if you look at Marcoon, he's just a pure carry player. So um i'm excited to see how he does yeah so just as a note markoon is just going to not be really a part of our jungle tier list it would be i think unfair to put him in based on erl stuff but despite that i'm still excited for markoon we'll bring him up again later too uh, i think a little bit but what uh, i'll say is but, but yeah sorry to interrupt you yeah, but yeah i think the worst thing about this roster change is it's all good and dan needs to bring them in for week four which is in the halfway point in the split but they have to face g2 in week four of their first game of the split they have to face g2 I and they're already a lot of losses stacked up so this is what i'll say about this whole thing right is that I I can understand the logic that Young Buck presented, you know, that, hey, we didn't want to jump to conclusions, and I think that's fair. But what I, if I'm Excel and I'm really uncertain, I would start first splitting scrim time to see which jungler is going to perform better, and then be more willing to, to swap in probably the first two weeks. But the fact that, because it's not like week four was like, all right, guys, that was the moment, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not like how much what what are the rules in league of legends that like a player has had enough time i guess it's just a feeling behind the scenes you know what i mean but certainly you can again like if it's not one split it's 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 13 weeks mm -hmm. like apparently that's the threshold we were waiting for well, we gave dan 13 weeks and that like now we are now we're going to pull in someone else so it does kind of like again not knowing beside the scenes feel a bit arbitrary and i just hope that marcoon has gotten enough scrim time with the team that advian has gotten enough scrim time with the team that this will look like um a calculated decision kind of as it is being presented to us and not like a last minute swap to try to regain some footing here. Because again, what's really tragic here is it's not spring split, it's summer split. So it's, uh -huh. it is do or die. And again, Excel um, still yet to make playoffs. And really at a certain point, it's it's just disappointing. You know what I mean? And like, I'm, I'm in the camp that I'll believe it when I see it as far as Excel making playoffs goes. But I think that for the people who are Excel fans, it's just got to be so annoying that it's like, 
<sighs> power better. One more time, I guess. Okay, here we go. Uh, Reek four roster splits in summer when we're two five. Like it's it's not it's not great. It's not I mean, a great look. Yeah, and it's not impossible for them to make a this split. Uh, they're two five. Um, I think that the problem is right now in Europe, we have like a clear top six, you know, Misfits, Rogue, Fnatic, Mad, G2, Vitality. That's the clear top yeah, six. Absolutely. And I think there's a huge drop off after that. And I think that that's probably what our playoff team is going to look like unless a team can make a miracle run. Now, the only thing that I dislike and I feel like is bittersweet about these changes for Excel and Marku and Advian coming in is I think that maybe there's not that much public hype on them, but I'm very excited about them. I think they're really yeah. good players from, you know, playing against them solo queue or just watching their competitive games. I think they're very good. Um, the, the only thing that's bittersweet to me is they have had probably three or four days of scrim time. You know, Markun gets called in the weekend ends. He flies in on Sunday. Scrim start on Monday. He's still also Friday, playing right? uh, NLC this weekend. He's, he's playing he's NLC this week. He's double dipping this week. Yeah. <laughs> he's double dipping this week, yeah. yeah. He's playing NLC and, and then he's <laughs> playing LEC. Um, so yeah, he has a lot to do as well as IVN, of course. Yeah. Um, so they have to fly out to Berlin, scrim, but then scrim with the academy team still to make sure that they're ready for the game win the NLC games, then scrim, and then play the LEC. So the only I would thing be surprised if they can even get to Berlin. I don't know, but I'd be surprised if, if it's that easy for them to just True, get I guess Berlin. they could play from home, but like scrimming a whole week without having two players in the same room is horrible. So I would I would have hoped that they could fly to Berlin. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know well, what I'm the travel speculate. restrictions are or yeah, anything yeah. like that is, but I hope they can get there. Um, but then my point just being is, if they were actually brought in before Summer Split started, you'd have two weeks of preseason scrims or three weeks against LEC teams prep these guys up give them one or two weeks to you know find their footing on stage and then i think you'll start to see the transition of like now they're now they're up yeah. to lec standard but throwing them in the deep end and putting them against g2 in the first game of their season ever in lec it's yeah and and here's what i'll say if you are like me an excel skeptic i would say don't carry that skepticism over to advian and Marcoon. i would say g give them a few weeks because they're coming in in the last two games of the first round robin against two very difficult opponents in um vitality and uh g2 they will get a whole nother round robin to prove themselves. So if they run it this week in any form and any degree, yes, you know, you can roast them a little bit, as we always do. But I think like give them, give them, give them time, give them some space, because clearly, at least from an outside perspective, and Excel could always come out and say things that um they go against us and show us maybe that this is more they have been more integrated into the team prior. But um, this is a bit, feels like a bit of a rush job, feels a bit like um kind of panic swap to try to get the most out of this season and the players who suffer in this context are the players who get swapped off the team in this case like Denik, a guy who was literally brought in this season purchased from misfits or brought over from misfits um you know that sucks for him it sucks for dan and it certainly sucks for the guys who are now expected to be instant upgrades as two rookies on the lec stage oh yeah definitely and i was just looking at xl schedule right and because we have such a clear top six it always looks so hard so g2 then Vitality, then Mad Lions, and yep. then Fnatic. That's the next two weeks of games them. And then it's Misfits. So, yep. like, that's the next, you know, five games they have to play on stage. Every game just looks so hard. If you're not in the top six, you know, like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's they don't get to play some of the, the teams that are lower down in the standings until much later. They get to play um, SK at the end of week six. They get to play Astralis at the start of week eight. So the teams that you would expect would be like better opportunities, a little bit less lower pressure, a little bit more neck and neck. You know what I mean? Those games are just not coming until yeah. they've... And, and their final week is G2 Rogue. And yeah. like right now you're in good standing, but Cage, they could be out of playoffs by then. And that's that's shitty. That feels rough. So yeah. I don't want to spend any more time on that. But what I will say is is shout out to, to Mark Kuhn and Avian coming in. Um, excited to see what these guys can do on stage. Hope that it works out for Excel. But obviously, it's a tough situation. Um, that said, shifting focus a little bit, obviously strong top six. But as much as all of the top six is exciting, we have to go to the old narrative classics. 
it's Fnatic versus G2, Old King's Dynasty, Legacy, Legacy, Legacy. Um, and Fnatic won. Spoiler. Banger alert. Yeah, okay. If you haven't watched that game yet and you're listening to this podcast, you are absolutely griefing. Let's talk a little bit about that game because that game was a banger. A lot because of the drafts just guaranteed that people were going to fight, 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 fight. But what was your read on it? I was I was on the desk with Vetti that day, so I didn't really get to see, hear as much from you about so, how you felt about that game. We were doing the draft on the desk, I can remember. Yeah. And I thought we were going to see something like Kalista Alistar. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be stand up to Tilly. But then they go Kalista Tarek. And I think that Kalista Tarek is a very powerful lane because it works well together. Not only that, but against Viego, Rumble, Nocturne, Jin, it's like, yeah, that's, that's a good pick. That's going to counter everything they want to do. And then the last pick support of Pantheon didn't didn't buy me into it um now watching the lane phase it looked good in the early lane you can obviously ult with nocturne over over sides and play over sides with globals great but in straight up 5v5s fanatic's comp was just slightly better unless g2 find a massive advantage in the first 10 minutes of the game which they found a slight advantage but then they just kind of lost it the game was even adam was 1v2ing i think there was a lot of good things to take away from that game from fanatic in terms of like for me especially like adam yeah. was a standout that game I think, I think, yeah, I think Adam played fantastically. And I think overall, it's always easy to look at the draft and go, here are the problems. But I do think that we can talk. I think Tarek conceptually as a champion is really cool, but has always been uh, a bit difficult to execute because historically the knowledge was always, you need to be really proactive with Tarek ult for it to be effective. Like you need to be going in as Tarek ult is coming down or your champions are just going to get blown up. But for G2, with this composition, the only person they can probably one shot ever is upset is the Kalista because... Zin Zhao can just ult the second you try to go in onto him, which is going to block a lot of the damage, especially with long-range things like the Rumble ult, things like the Jin, right? Rumble has, or uh, Renekton has Dominus. Uh, Silas has the stupid W that heals him for infinite life, right? And so with these three champions in specific, you always pretty much, unless five people are on top of the Zin, or five people are on top of this Renekton, or five people on top of the Silas, and it's really just a clean, clean pick, you're always going to have enough time to get that Tarak ult down. And when the second that Tarak ult is down, I don't care if you've got Grievous Wounds on those guys. I don't care what you have ticking. They're invulnerable. They're going to heal up so fast. Mm. So, so fast. And they are more than more than likely going to blow up the Nocturne, who once he's behind, just cannot outduel a lot of these guys. The Viego, yes, he, it's like all the reset dreams are dead. Like, it's just a hard game to play. Now, yeah. I look at G2's comp, and I see a world where Jin Pantheon get going. They kill the Callista once or twice. They get to Rome. They get the dream set up. They get the Nocturne going everywhere. They get Rumble ahead. And this this game is really hard to play for Fnatic, right? Okay. But when they don't get that snowball, it just feels done so. And, yep. we, and we saw that, right? The game was pretty neck and neck. And then Fnatic all got their mythic items, grouped up as five with their Tarek, and just killed people. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely just took G2 to town. They were just obliterated. Yeah. I think if I was looking at G2's draft and they had a last pick there, I think... Rakan was probably the best pick for them and makes the most sense into lane against Tarek Kalista and then um, in team fights with Nocturne, Rumble, uh, Viego. I think Rakan probably makes the most sense for them, but then again, the Pantheon looked really good in the early game. It's just, I think it just falls off so quickly. You're just like a full AD lethality bolt, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not like you can pull this, you're going to engage. You just have a point and click flash stun, uh, which upsets running cleanse, right? So it's really hard to just lock him down. Um, I don't think drafts everything. I think G2 could have perhaps won with this draft if they just. Um, you know, snowball through the early game harder, which is basically all their comp wants to do. But then once you look at Fnatic, they start up Baron, they have Tarek ult. I think the tar- that Tarek ult in the Baron pit was like one of the most valued Tarek ult I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the one mid lane right before it too was also crazy. Like we saw so many, like actually just insane Tarek ultimates. Like normally yeah. that ultimate feels, having played, you know, a, a decent amount of Tarek, every time I use Tarek ult, you get like, oh, you get it on your bruiser and it feels pretty good. Or, oh, you get it on your carry and it feels pretty I mean, every single person on that team was like, 
so infinitely more OP the second that Tarakult hit them. It was so good for every single every single champion on that lineup. It was crazy. Actually, I, I don't know what what G2 could have picked in that last pick. Flags comp just looks so strong, doesn't it? Like Renekton, Zinzal, Silas, Kalista, Tarik. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not like... Damn. And again, it's not like Nocturne Rumble isn't super, yeah, Nocturne super Rumble's strong. Really Nocturne Rumble Pantheon, like, damn, Jin. Like, you've got this, like, crazy long-range engage stuff. But you mm. just... When you look at Brawly 5v5s, it looks like... It looks like G2 are like drafting blind. If you only look at like a Brawly 5v5, right? Now, obviously, G2, that's probably not what they wanted to play for. But um, this is rough. But I think the great thing about this game was Fnatic took down G2, which is awesome for them because they've just rolled swapped Whippo. They brought in Adam. They had a really shaky week one, I believe it was, even yeah. week two. But now they're bouncing back. Um, they dismantled, well, dismantled G2. Or say we, they took down G2. Five game win streak for five. Fnatic. Yeah, five game win streak is huge. Like the cool thing is, I think we said this, I said this in the last podcast, every team has their own story. You know, G2 yeah. Redemption, Fnatic, they want to bounce back with the roll swaps. Rogue, they have a lot of proof since the spring finals. Mad, almost took down Damon, they want to prove themselves. Vitality, absolute roll swaps. Misfits, the rookies on the block, you know, like the new kids on the block. Like, every top six team has a great story. And it feels like the LEC circle of suck is back. Everyone can just beat everyone. Well, it's sad. I feel, yeah. Well, except for the bottom three slash okay, four. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But the still, top six is the hella top competitive. Six is... It's actually really nice to have a top six, not just like a top five. That always feels really good. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. This top six looks really, really competitive because, you know, you, you ask yourself how long will the Misfits, you know, run go on? How long Fnatic's win streak will go on? And then you ask yourself, well, Vitality is bouncing back. G2 are still amazing. Yeah. You know, or they should be amazing. Rogue is unreal. Matt went to a missile. Like, everyone's like, wait, what? You can make an argument to, to defend every team to, to actually beat each other. Yeah, I think I, I want to swap over to Misfits now. And I think we can talk a little bit more about G2 towards the end of the podcast because obviously they have they have an interesting schedule this week. But uh, Misfits specifically are playing G2. And this is a team that, again, I, I feel like still I am kind of waiting to see Misfits crash and burn. Like, when is it going to happen? Now, they are playing very well. But I looked into this because I was like, okay, there has to be a reason that something feels off to me more than just like mm -hmm. historically Misfits crash and burn. Can I guess what it is? What is, is it? Is it their lane phases? No, I was looking actually at their strength oh. of schedule and specifically oh, how it played out. Because they, they've beaten now, uh, the only teams they haven't played are, are Mad and G2, right? So they've beaten the Vitalities, they've beaten mm -hmm. Fnatic, but they beat both those teams in week one. And both those teams were really rough in week uh -huh. one, right? And so that's like, so those are the teams normally I'd like, I, so I look at them against other top teams and it's like, okay, well, you lost to Rogue, right? That's your only loss so far. You beat Fnatic and Vitality, which, which is they, Which they should have won that Rogue game. Which they should have won. Um, and the Fnatic and Vitality games, it's like, okay, that was in week one. And again, I still think Misfits are good, but I ultimately think that like this week, especially sports superstition aside of like the inevitable crash and burn, just from an analytical perspective, this week is like everything to me for deciding where Misfits end up. If they lose to both Mad and G2, I think they're just another team in the top six. Whereas if they beat Mad and G2, then I'm like, are Hold they on. top four? Are they top three? Like, like Misfits the are the best team? Yeah, I like Misfits are definitely like the real deal at that point because I think it will be much harder to get those wins over Vitality and Fnatic in the second round, Robin. Mm -hmm. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think Mad and G2 are each having their own struggles, struggles right now. But I think beating those teams is so huge for clearly deciding that Misfits will stay in the top of the table as opposed to just being a fish in the pan. A fish in the pan. I think there's two really important things you have to look at for misfits well three for me if you want to look at the negative side as well the first two positives for me is they are dismantling teams not in the top six I and mean, even some yeah. teams in the top six they are they are winning in 25 26 27 minutes oh yeah right i there. mean they look they look damn good they when look winning. incredibly good uh the second thing is i think razork is unreal 
you know, he has like one of, the, I think, the highest kill participation of any jungler in the league, 81%. He is, and even if you just look at the game, you can translate the stat that this guy is doing everything for his team, mostly on the top side of the map, you know, where he's forcing top mid uh, and jungle a lot, but he's doing unreal amounts for the team. The bad side that I see for Misfits right now is when I was watching their games, their mid and bot lane phasers are slightly weak and definitely yeah. targetable. Here it's lane phase is fantastic. Razok's early game is great. Let but, me some hear it. Yeah, but the mid bot, like VTO's lane phase is struggling. Um, and so is Kobe's lane phase. Now it could be because of the champions they're playing. You know, VTO is playing things like, you know, Akali, Silas, Leeson, melee champions expect to be down CS. And then bot lane, yeah, they don't really get any jungle attention. You know, jungle is mostly playing towards top side. You're playing Kaisa, Esriel, you can just chill and farm, right? Yeah. So there are arguments to say that there's a reason for this. But I think that's where the weak spots are right now um, for for misfits. Um, I think I think not playing the bot side though is a calculated decision because we yeah, heard last sure. season when they were starting to ramp up that they wanted to focus more around mid, and it's evident statistically that that's happening too. Um, Razork is number one in mid lane jungle proximity of all junglers in the league um, by a, by a pretty decent margin, mm -hmm. um, and that's and that adds up to me that he is mostly playing towards top side, not as worried about bottom side, and I think it is it does cost them though. And there are going to be teams, again, rematches where I sweat a little bit for them. The Rogue rematches, the, the Fnatic rematches, you know, the teams that are willing to play these super aggressive bot lanes. Hell, even G2 if they're willing to bust out stuff, more stuff like the Pantheon support, you know. Um, but past that, I mean, when all when all, the only thing we're worried about is a little mid lane lane phase and a little bot lane lane phase. Yeah, a little bit of this, yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Because um, kind of to wrap up a discussion on this week, I also feel like, and this is a sentiment that's going around, Outside of like one or two games, like this leader rise game or another, there's probably another few games where like mid laners have really popped off. Some of these Akali games. I don't feel like we're getting any crazy, crazy, crazy mid gap games this season. Like mm. I feel like mid lane's kind of quiet this season. Like I, I have feel to like, say though that, that leader, Vitality G2 game leader did definitely like gap caps. No, for sure. Leader did. Yeah. But it's also crazy because it's leader gapping caps and it's caps. Yeah. And I, I just, maybe it's just because I haven't seen... Maybe it's because we talked about like Larson struggling and Humanoid stepping up, but it's like he plays some lease in games, so you don't always get the flashiest lane phases. But to me, it feels like, and maybe this is a product of the meta, mid lane's been kind of quiet this season. I think it is a product of the meta, you know. I think that the, the lane phase doesn't really matter as much. Uh, like being up 10 CS right now, it like let's take Azir Syndra matchup, yeah, olden days. Yep. Up 10 CS, up 15 CS, you know, pushing him in permanently. That's a pretty big deal, you know. But when you look at lease in mid down 10 CS, as soon as he hits level six and he has his rumble jungle in the river, that's yes, doesn't I mean, that anymore. was the humanoid matchup, right? He was exactly. just getting like gapped and CN, and the second he had kick flash, he just whoop, kick That's flash, it, boom, the guy get a kill. That doesn't yep. matter. Back in back in the game, back in the CS department, CS is slightly relevant for these mid laners. I feel like um, you know, Akali's slight exception a little bit here and there, but still level six, play towards mid, maybe roam to sides, start a yeah. fight, get a skirmish going, force a Drake, force a Herald, and that's where the champion will shine. They're not there to shine in lane phase. So could be a product of the meta. I think you're right there. Yeah, and I'll just say that it's not to discredit. So a lot of mid laners have had really great games, but very rarely do I feel like we've had these massive mid gaps. And a lot of the great games have also been Akali mid late games. So not built in the landing phase, built mm. on that kind of champion scaling. That said, huge shout out to Vitality. Oh yeah. And to Leader. Fantastic game one and good comeback in game two. Also crown shot. Crazy consistent that week. LeBrov looking good. All stepping up. Everyone. SLT looking good. So many of the little micro things that they were doing in those games, the way that they were moving, the way that they were skirmishing together as a team. Were, that team fighting in C2 was great. Was great leader this was. is such a young team and they're all playing so well together in fights like fights are so 
I can't even, and you can attest to this, like communication in team fights, there's not yeah. enough time to say what you need to say. So like yeah. people just have to understand what their champ does, what your champs do, and what all the enemy champs do for that shit to come together. It's almost like keywords. I think when you listen to a lot of voice comms in team fights, you'll hear slow, 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 or we can go, or just go, go, go. These are like the keywords. Slow is like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. We're not engaging. We're just taking it slow. Mm -hmm. Go is like, okay, we're all flashing in. You know, there's just keywords to know what's actually happening in the fights. I think mid-jungle of vitality, Really good decisiveness. Although leader on the Viego was struggling a little bit on the first two deaths. I think on the Rise game especially as well. It feels like no matter what play is happening over side, they're both ready to answer it straight away. You know, yeah. instantly Rise ulting, boom, straight to bot, uh, matches the play. So uh, mid-jungle of Misfits, uh, sorry, Vitality is really exciting. Bot lane, diving 2v2. Sure, okay. They're just playing Varus and they're just diving in me bot lane. 2v2, incredible performance. So yeah, really a lot to be excited about in Vitality. Yep, a lot of teams we're going to look at. We'll talk uh, a little bit about um, week four and the upcoming schedule at the end of the podcast. So if you're looking for more analysis on some of the top teams. But for now, we're going to shift our attention over to the top five jungle list. Um, so, disclaimer. League of Legends is a 5v5 game. No role plays completely in isolation. Better teams will more often than not make worse junglers look great. We're taking this into account these are the things that we have to think about. We want to make it clear that we are thinking about it in the team game. Um, we're going to cut through that, give you a full picture of who we feel are the top five. And Kadrel, to kind of kick us off before we get into the first portion of this, which will be deciding who doesn't even make it into the top five discussion before we order the top five. What do you think defines a good jungler overall right now in the meta? How do you look at the best junglers in the league? Uh, I think... Number one standout to me, which a lot of players might not even struggle with, is flexibility. Um, yeah. I think that if you're um, only able to play tanks in a way, or you have a very small champion pool, or you're only like a carry-orientated player, you know, where your champion pool is really uh, one-dimensional, I feel like that can hurt you in the current meta. You know, if things like the Rumble are down, and you're forced to play things like the Volley Bear, or even the times we've seen Sejuani's, whatever, um, and you aren't able to do that, that can always hurt your team. And then vice versa, if you can only play those champions and you can't play things like, you know, Nidalee when it's needed, then it hurts your team. I think flexibility is a big thing. Um, I think proactiveness, uh, making sure you're there at the right time at the right place on terms when in terms of making the play happen for yourself, barring where your win condition is, or counter ganking, whatever it needs to be, or cross mapping, right? Three, that's three separate things. Making the play, countering the play, or making a cross map. So mm -hmm. trading off and finding what you need to do. And just efficient pathing, not falling behind. It is still sort of like a carrier carrier into the jungle meta. Falling behind in so many jungle camps here and there, just overlooking for plays, wasting too much time is a, a big thing. So efficiency versatility in terms of like being flexible and then proactiveness in terms of being where you need to be at the right time i think those are the three things that make a good jungler yeah and i think that the what is so great and also so hard about making this list is there's a lot of people who have proven themselves to be quite flexible who have proven themselves to be able to do a lot of different things and while there are some um unique players unique play styles you know unique picks like the Evelyn from Selfmade or the Volibear that Elioia really likes to play or, or the Fiddlesticks that come out. There's Arthas. also a lot of shared picks too, which makes it easy. Because if it was everyone playing something completely, completely different, it'd be hard to judge. But we have a lot of Rumble games to compare to Rumble games. Yeah. Like we can see relative impact across a lot of players. That said, let's start with the... Um, maybe people will like this part more. I don't know. I hate this part because it feels, it, feels, it feels a little bit bad. But who, who, who is not making... I think that's pretty easy. You think it's pretty easy? All right. I think it's pretty easy because I think to make the top five, you have to get to the five, right? Ten players yep. in the NEC. I think that my bottom four right now. Okay, are... but here you start with bottom three. 
Okay. Bottom oh no, no, three. bottom four. Bottom four is easy. Okay, yeah, okay. It's bottom five. I can do it I'm in order about. if you want. Because the biggest, the biggest issue, folks, and I need to make it clear here, the OSC has a very strong top six. Oh, you yeah. guys have tracked this. So who the hell on our jungle list is going to be number six? Because somebody's getting burned, and I don't know who it is yet. Yeah, that's so. The let's start here. with bottom, bottom so four. So bottom four. Um, Zanzara, yep. Dan, Treats, Kiri. I think that it's pretty clear cut for me. Yep. Uh, Kiri's have been having a really rough split. Dan, really lack of proactiveness and XL not succeeding, getting taken down by SK. Zanzira, very one-dimensional, only really found victories on Trundle. The Rumble looks really shaky. Uh, and Astralis is struggling a little bit here and there as well. Uh, and then Treats. Although I think the Treats has been one of the better performing junglers in this bottom four list. I think he, I think he probably actually is the, I best, think he is performing the best performing jungler, jungler of those junglers. Of those junglers, yeah. yeah. But, um, but still, it has to go in here, unfortunately, um, just because of how stacked the top six is. Now, where you put the fifth player... Or like like I said, in sixth place, it's so hard to say. I, yeah, I still I think, don't know. And I agree. And just to just to be clear, like I, what I do a lot of the time with this is I look about I look back at some replays, look back at some moments, try to figure out who was clean, and then I look a lot at the stats because I usually feel like that's how I can back up or maybe contest some of the things you're saying. But what I'll say is that Dan and Kire are the two junglers with the least K plus A at 15, which I feel is one of the most valuable jungle stats because to me it's just like how many ganks are you effectively getting off, right? Um, they're both incredibly incredibly low, despite often playing champions that are pretty damn good at ganking and very little else. And I think that's really, really hard. Kyrie similarly is, I just think, failing to show up on stage. I think that's the big thing. And I hope for his sake that we get to see more from him. But right uh -huh. now, his numbers are just in the tank. Yeah, you know, even when Shalk is winning, his numbers are bad, which is which is just not, not really a good look. And Zanzara has highlighted small champion pool, does have pretty decent activity stats, you know, um, Probably isn't the most efficient with his time based on how much time he's spending around his team versus how much he's actually getting done. But, uh, you know, he's not, it's definitely not as bad to me. I know that you feel stronger, but statistically, Zanzar is actually one of the better ones on this bottom side. And then Treats is clearly above the rest, but still also, I think, clearly below uh, the, the top six. Yeah. And then when you look at that top six, you think to yourself at the start, like, you should be able to find a fifth person to put in the bottom five, right? But then you look across Inspired, Razork first place misfits Elioya, mad lions right self-made Bwipo, yankos like who who uh, yeah i don't know yeah so to recap we have razork we have uh, razork for misfits yankos from g2 self-made from vitality Elioya from mad lions inspired from rogue and Bwipo from fanatic quick side note shout out to Bwipo for oh, yeah. being in this freaking discussion in his first split for beating so many career junglers out also secondary shout out to treats for beating out so many career junglers mm -hmm. um so let's let's dissect this slowly so for me personally i think that if we're putting another person in the bottom five i would eliminate inspired razork self-made off the bat because i think that those three are really good. they have to be in the i top think five. that they yeah. are 100 in top five if not the top three already self-made razork inspired i have to delete those already because i think that these three are absolutely performing exceptionally well uh, and are easily in the run for top three junglers in the in the league right now in the regular season. So and that leaves us. I don't know if you agree. I think I think that it's interesting to hear. I would love to see here why um, why you feel self made is so high up there because statistically self made is I would say middle of the pack of the top mm -hmm. six. So I want to know what you see because in terms of flexibility, he's got some Moodier, he's got some Rumble, but pretty uh -huh. much everyone in this pool has some Moodier and some Rumble. Right, Moodier the Evelyn, so much, yeah. the Evelyn came out. You know, so there, there is some of that flexibility there. He's got decently high activity stats. He's involved in 100% of first blood. So clearly he's doing what he needs to do. But there are a lot of players on this list with like higher stats than he has. So just from a stats angle, right, he feels 
kind of in the middle of this top of the table list. So mm. what what is it that Selfmade does for you that kind of makes him stand out from a lot of these names? Uh, I wonder if it's more recently, just looking at the last two games against G2 and Mad, I feel like he was playing exceptionally well. Um, although I think that in week two, I remember he tweeted something like, I'm playing really bad on stage. Yeah. In current recent form, the last week, week three of the LEC, I think his Evelyn was insanely good. He was doing self-made things, you know, one-shotting any carries. And the Lee Sin was stellar in teamfights. So it's true. if I look at his last two games, I think to myself, wow, self-made's kind of back in form right now. Um, and I think that self-made in form is easily one of the best strongers in the league. Um, He's doing a lot for his team. He's working well with the junk with mid laner, working well with his team, really flexible, uh, has the carry potential. We've already seen it. Um, and he's really, really, really efficient. So I think that his week two, definitely up for debate. Uh, but I think that that applies to many junglers, right? Whippo week one could also be yep. up for debate. I think in more recency uh, and in current week three right now, going into week four, I think self-made looks exceptional. Yeah. And I think to be clear, because these were, we get into a lot of fights about the specifics of these lists with people on the internet. Yeah. And it's fair to bring up these fights, people on the internet. But this is junglers as they are right now. This is not where they're going to be at the end of the split. This is not where they came from or their history. Mm -hmm. I, you know, We're looking at them as they are and as they have been performing. So I think that's totally a valid and, point. And I think that if you look at their last two games, right, it was against G2 and Mad Lions. So Elioya and Yankos. I think he got the better head of Yankos. I think jungle bots were stomping. Uh, yeah. I'd say Vitality Spotlane was doing fantastic. And then in the, in the win against Mad Lions, the only person keeping Mad Lions in that game was Humanoid, I think, on the rise. He was the only one keeping them alive, actually making plays. Uh, and then it was just a self-made leader crown shot show again. Um, so having taken down those two junglers um, as well in more recencies in terms of how well this jungle yeah. was performing, definitely top three for me. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Inspired and Razork here in a second because I agree that both those players need to be there and the numbers back it up, the performances back it up, that they're especially Inspired. Inspired has some of the most ludicrous jungle numbers of, of any player in yeah. our league. Actually, just does. He does. He does have the most <laughs> ludicrous. It's actually insane. Inspired's numbers are, are actually nuts. We'll get into those in a little bit. So, remaining, we're cutting one of Bwipo, Elioya, or Yankos. You know who I would cut to like not be in the bottom five? I think I would cut Whippo. You would cut Whippo out of top five. No, not like cut as in like put him in the bottom five. No, I you would, would put him in. You would put Whippo in, in the top, top five. five. Yeah. I think you're right because I think here's the thing. He's um, been playing really, really well. Here's, here's some cool stats that don't matter. Number one in damage per minute. He played Karthus. No one cares. He also played two games of Rumble. A lot of people played Rumble. A lot of jungle. Very close spread. But it's cool. He's number one. <gasps> number one in gold share. He takes the most gold. Again, Karthus, Viego, all fine. But the biggest thing to me is He's number one in K plus A at 15, right? So he's arguably the most active. Part of that is, of course, Fnatic's style as a team. Again, you can't look at this entirely in a vacuum. The other thing is that his jungle proximity is on the lower end of a lot of these players. Um, now, the spread is pretty close outside of Inspired, who's a, who's a massive outlier. But um, he's a guy who seems to be very effective at doing what needs to get done. And similarly, from watching the games, and correct me if I'm wrong here, has been really flexible in how he approaches it. He's had the power farm games, on the Karthus is a mm -hmm. very clear example. Um, some of the Viego games, he was willing to sacrifice a few camps to be bot side kind of repeatedly to to help support his bot lane. So I'm I'm inclined to agree, you know? I, uh -huh. I think Whippo has to be in that top five. Now, I'm not giving Whippo the benefit of the doubt for having role swapped. Um, being brutally honest here with the jungle list, I think he's been playing really well. I think yeah. his maps, the way he reads the map is great. The way he's there for count ganks all the, all the time is, is, is uh, it's great to see. Um, I think that the, the the last game against G2, you can't really fault him for falling behind. I mean, there was globals in his in his face and the enemy support had bought prior all the games. So he definitely struggled in that last game against G2. But if you look across the last four wins, 
in the five game win streak he's been playing really well um i think that if there was any jungler that i would look at to say that they are going to struggle in the next few weeks i would say Bwipo is going to struggle in the next few weeks to be honest um i think that his flexibility in terms of champions it's not really showing for me just yet now that could be because he just roll swapped uh, and i haven't seen enough yet well, what but what do you what do you i still think here? that Bwipo in current form um is top five because he's played more champions than a lot of our top junglers yeah like, but the thing is he's played uh the Sinzao looked slightly shaky oh okay that's what you're game. basing off of got it got then it, got it's got like it, his yeah. viego rumble and cartas are his bread and butter it looks like to me yeah which is meta champions props to him i, I guess i did forget about the udir game because the yeah. udir game but that yeah to me i guess i counted that as an outlier because mm -hmm. of like the ghost and the weird tech. yeah that's the thing but, with Bupo. he's always going to look for the weird tech and find like something deep in the yeah, champion yeah. pool it's just whether it works or not um, sure like the tp cartus the, the ghost with you you know no, that's a good point yeah. i was looking too much at the fact that he had played a bunch of champions not enough at the fact that he well struggled a bit in the zinzao game and the udir game he was kind of running it so. slightly yeah. him and hillisang the duo <laughs> brothers just running it. so yeah, just a wee bit i don't know if you would agree but i think Bupo is uh, this is so hard because then you're leaving it with el yoya and yankos and um yeah i i have a thought okay wow this feels rough um i think it might be Yankos. i think too. it might be Yankos, <laughs> and it feels wrong so things to note about Yankos. i don't want to do this list anymore <laughs> yeah it feels wrong it feels for the record this is like the hardest part of the list ordering top five after this is gonna be so comparatively easy i feel a pit in my stomach when i say this um his stats are, are in the middle of these guys, right, overall. Nothing really crazy stands out. He's got good damage per minute. He's played three games of Rumble. That adds up. Um, he's got a lot of counter jungle percentage, which is cool. You know, it means he's spending time in the enemy jungle. Always something to good. Probably good at cross-mapping and trading sides. He has the highest jungle proximity of any jungler in the league, but he's also in the middle. He's tied for fifth in mm -hmm. K plus A at uh, 15. And now, again, jungle proximity is not a perfect stat. By any means, a lot of these stats aren't perfect for for drawing conclusions. You should never just use these stats in isolations. But he is tied with Inspired and Zanzara. Um, he roams the most with his support out of any player in the league. Thirty percent, which is the highest of any jungler in the league by uh, a mile. Second is El Yoyo. He's at twenty one point eight. So he spends a ton of time with Mickey. But despite that time with Mickey, they're not getting a lot in terms of. Um, statistically trackable value. I think you could probably make an argument if I wanted to look really deep into Cap's CS's, CS numbers and look back specifically at the VODs that their roaming has probably bought space for their laners, but it's not resulting in greater advantages. And to me, when you have such high, high, high jungle proximity and you're playing, you know, he's played two games as in, he's played the Olaf, he's played the, um, he's played the Udyr. When your numbers are kind of middling on a lot of these champions that I expect to either be more active or be really pulling ahead and farm, it's it's not a great look, yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at, and that's and that's mostly from statistics with just a little bit of gameplay. But then when we add in the gameplay, Kato, I'd love to get your thoughts on like what is going well for Yankos to split, what is going wrong, like why. I never thought we would have this discussion, but we're having this discussion. Why does why is Yankos on potentially on the chopping block here for top five? Oh, it's hard to say because we always thought of Yankos as like the meta would be all about early game junglers. You know, Zinzao, Olaf, you know, Sejuani, yeah. those kind of junglers. Jarvan would be his bread and butter, but the meta's not really in that stage right now. So I think Yankos has been in this lull state for the last half a year to a year where ever since the meta changed last summer, he's never really found the form of all the Yankos. Um, he even said on his stream, um, it's not that G2 is bad right now. It's just every team is really good. And I think that yeah. applies to the junglers as well. I think the junglers are really, really good. And that's why Jankos is slightly lower on the list. Um, I think his best performing game was against Rogue on the Rumble. He clutched it out for his team alongside Reckless. 
um, great performance. But apart from that, you, it's it's really hard to find um, performances to say that he is merited above the junglers that we currently have. Um, the statistics you said, um, obviously the context was good. Uh, I think that the only real success that Jankos is finding applying to those statistics is pairing up with Mickey X and then trying to look for plays. Yeah. But I don't know if teams have just got better or they just can't find these plays anymore. But G2's early games haven't been as good as they as they used to be or as we yeah. expect them to be is probably a better way of saying it. Um, even against Astralis, the game was kind of slow at the start. You know, you expect just the raw firepower of this team to just come out and, and beat Astralis, you know, but it was like 20 minutes of just lull state, nothing happening. And all of a sudden, G2 were like, 2k gold down and all of a sudden they just want to fight and the game is over so it's old g2 fashion where win one get win one fight win the game but the early yeah. game is not as it's like if you take rogue for example or, or, or fanatic or, or vitality in their wins against these you know weaker teams it's just a steady progression of just like yeah winning yeah. lanes herald and like that, it's not flash for rogue either they had the, that kind of grief game against vitality where they yeah. threw a bunch of gold back but True. they're, they're still getting the win at the end of the day and i think that astralis are also you know getting better they're better than they were last season so there is some room to say hey astralis just you know played with respect played that part well i don't want to take completely away from astralis but it is you are waiting in this meta a lot for like i don't know i i think jungle absolute jungle dominance mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we've seen those games we have certainly seen those games it is very much possible in this meta and it feels like yankos and in turn g2 because i don't think it's fair to put all of this on yankos haven't not. have not found their footing like yeah. i think their losses look messy their wins look messy g2 is just a messy team right now and yeah. it's not the same kind of like hey we're you know dicking around because we always win in the end we're just taking it easy in regular season it feels more like a hey we're not entirely sure what we need to be doing or we're just struggling to to make it work yeah and hopefully bringing nelson helps that out um, yeah. to just clean up the play in general or even make it more aggressive, more messy, you know, find whatever form they like. Sure. Um, Elioia also struggling a little bit, but I think Jankos definitely struggling more. I think if there's any player who's going to easily bounce back, it's probably Jankos. Um, he's been playing for a long time. He probably knows where he's failing or where the mistakes are in the team. So yeah. I'm sure G2 are working on it. It's just right now in current jungle form individually, it just looks on the outside like Jankos is the one struggling most of the top six um and that's no, by no means are we saying that Jankos is like a bad jungle or anything like that it's just out of those top six you the, the main point here is europe's top six teams of junglers are just absolutely they're stacked. good we got they're good incredibly junglers. good um you could take any jungler out of the top six and you, there is an argument to make them the best jungler in the league right now you know in current form yeah so let's let's get and i and again I, it's it is hard it feels weird to put Yangus out but again yeah these top five junglers all deserve to be here and Yangus is just maybe half a step maybe one step behind these names but now we have our top five which is in no particular order Bupo inspired Elioya self-made and Razork um I think no surprise in the way that we have broken this one down fourth and fifth are going to be a little bit easier and so I think why don't we just start with fifth I think right now it probably is Elioya yeah I think that some cool notes about Elioya um, or just some notes in general. He's played the Hecarim game, which was obviously like really brutal. He's the, he's one of the only people playing Volibear. Actually, that's not true. He's the only per person to win on Volibear. Volibear's three and three in the league. He has all three wins. Um, Dan Treats and Zansar have all lost on it. Mm -hmm. um, his damage stats suck, mostly because he's played Volibear. But he's also tied second in K plus A at 15 with Razork. He spends about the same time around his team. Now, his kill participation overall is a bit, much, is a bit lower. But to me, 
it always when Elio came into the league, it felt like Razlick was budget Elioya, and right now it feels like Elioya the, uh, the other way around. Elioya is lagging a little bit behind the rest of the table. We talked about Mad being kind of slow to pick up meta champions. It feels like it's the case with these Volibear Bear picks. While the pick can be effective, while Elioya is certainly good at it, and he's also played three games of Rumble, so mm-hmm. he's not completely out of it. Um, he hasn't really brought any of the, the new spice, the new flavor to the table. Yeah, and applying those numbers just in general, the way Mad Lions functions, Alioya gets them ahead early, and that's how the team functions into mid to late game, right? There's no like huge terms of pairing up or anything like that. The lanes have been slightly volatile for him, specifically in the team. And you don't see him playing things like Viego. And I think the big reason for that is obviously the burnout, taking it slower, they're going to ramp it up in playoffs, and maybe he's going to expand this champion pool to there. But right now, Mad Lions are sticking to comfort what worked for them in MSI and then just applying it to early spring splits. They don't have to force themselves to relearn the game in a way. So it's going to do well for them. It's not going to make them the best team. And obviously they're going to be slower out the gates. And that's why Alioya is probably struggling a little bit because last split he was... Him and, him, and, him and Inspired were like this anime battle for the best jungler in the league. Yeah, you know? and it was like a difference in style. Like, oh, yeah, it was more yeah. aggressive early. Inspired was more of that, say, like macro-focused or big brain. Um, It was so cool. I think the thing, we'll talk to Alioya soon. Uh-huh. And I think, but I think it's it's safe to say Matt have been coming back and adjusting. Remember, they've also got their players in quarantine, so they're not playing together. So I believe that Elio can rise up. I also believe Yankos can rise up and this jungle tier list or top five list may look different at the end of the split. But the good news for Elioya and Elioya fans is that this dude has always had and may continue to have, depending on how this interview goes, like the perfect player mentality in every interview we've ever had with him. And I hope, and again, doing that in quarantine, um, Doing that in quarantine times, just in general, is already hard. Doing that specifically in quarantine, isolated completely by yourself, is even more difficult. So if, mm-hmm. if you can keep that going, I have faith that Oyoyo can rise back up. But we'll just have to see. For now, I think pretty pretty clear that he is in that fifth place. And next on the list, felt like fourth after we had that discussion about top three. I think he could even be third. I think right now we're talking about Bwipo and yeah. Selfmade. Yeah, I think so. That's who's exactly who's fourth? About. Who's third? That's that's the question to me. Um, They're right next to each other. They're like almost tying with each other. Slightly different styles. I would personally like no. if if you have to if you have to bet on someone in a best of five, right? I hands down, Selfmade. He's just got the experience in the role, right? But if you told me. If you ask me who's had the better, it's actually so hard. Because right. you know Bwipo's going to pull something crazy out of Bwipo is going to pull he something. He has that innovation <sighs> factor it's, as well. The last two games from Selfmade were just so damn good. Yeah. That's the big thing. And that's what makes it hard to, to put Bwipo above Selfmade. That said, Bwipo's also done some wild stuff this season. A five-game win streak for Fnatic, and Bwipo is no small part of that. I mean, they beat Rogue because mm-hmm. of the Karthus gameplay, right? They, he has been big in the Viego games. Even in the Zen game, he made up for it in the mid to late game, despite a pretty shaky. Well, late game, let's say the early mid game was pretty shaky. Um, it's hard. What but is the, the cool thing about Selfmade is he even said after that leasing game that they won, um, that he drank way too much caffeine and he thinks he oh, still yeah, played yeah, bad. Yeah. But from the outside, it looks like he played great, but obviously he was very critical himself. So Selfmade definitely being really critical, showing a lot of support to his teammates on the outside. So that's awesome to see. Um, but going back to the discussion of Selfmade Bippo, I would put. Yeah, self-made, just that one step ahead right now, just because of time. Like you said, experience. Yeah. Bwipo probably needs more time in the role. Um, although Bwipo has been looking really good, it's on champions where it's like... Karthus is just AFK farming. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Karthus, Viego, he got yeah. a lot of really good... I think Viego was the best performances of just counter ganks and um, reading the map pretty well. And the Rumble early games have been really good as well. So, need to see more from Bwipo because on the surface it looks great. So, I would just put self-made above him for now. Um, I think it is weirdly close though if you had told me this would be close i'd say it's very close i would yeah. say that 
I would say that the big difference for me is that Whippo's last game was kind of shaky. And um, Selfman's last two games were, were really, really good. And I think that they both had kind of rough starts to the season. And yes, Fnatic are on a five-game winning streak. But Karthus is a good indicator and also kind of a non-indicator because of the specificness of the champion and the fact that... Um, we had, I, I honestly, I think a pretty easy match. If you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Rumble into Karthus, it feels like he just... Yeah, and he also got some good plays off gang top, yeah. gang bot. And he played well, bots, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's like yeah. it, we can't... It's not quite the footage that you would want to be like, wow, what an incredible Karthus jungle game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when I see Whippo later on in the split, and I'm sure he's probably going to be doing things like this, playing, you know, Lee Sin and doing some <sighs> great team fight uh, around some dragon or just like having good team fights in general on more champions, then I think it's safe to say that Whippo can be easily discussed as like a top top three jungler perhaps. But right now, it just needs more time. I think time is definitely yeah. uh, the key here for him. Um, or man, Whippo. I, I hate this. I hate rating junglers because they're <laughs> all so good in different ways. It's so true. Right? They're all so good in so many different ways. You um, cut out a lot of the gray area of discussion when you make a top five list, which is, I think, why people do it so much and so many, and us included, is just because it's such good clickbait content. It's clickbait it's like, content. Yeah, it's just it. like calling the draft bad. You know what I mean? It's just easy. Because you, know, like, you don't need any of the context to call so, the draft bad. You know some, what I mean? some people are really curious. Like, I really want the top five. Other people see the link and they're just rolling up their sleeves. All right, comment section. <laughs> Time to fight. What did you say about my boy? <laughs> so I have, you know, it's like, it's like, dude, it's rough. Uh, yeah, and I think that it's, it's never... And we, like, again, if you have other opinions, um, feel free to disagree with us. I'm always interested to hear what other people have to say. Just remember, yeah. like, fight our arguments. Don't I, don't fight us. Like, you don't, you don't win brownie points for calling Cadrill an idiot. You can win brownie points by saying, hey, Cadrill, your point about X and Y's early game I think is wrong. Here's some clips to dispute it. Um, but more often than not, we just get called idiots. <laughs> Which dude, I guess you're, you're such an idiot. Bro, you're goes. just stupid, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, guys, that's not really fighting the arguments. I don't think that wins the, wins the point. And then that leaves, leaves us with two. Yeah, so Razork inspired. Razork, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I think I've got this one. Do you want to go for it? Or do you want to say Razork seconds inspired first? It has to I be. I think dude. inspired. It has to be inspired. Absolutely nuts. Why don't we start with Razork? Because we agree, right? So let's start with Razork. So, what's cool about Razork? What I really one of the things that I like is that most of these junglers have three games on Rumble, two or three games. Razork is number one right now. Um, and damage share for his team ahead of treats and uh, number one for damage share in junglers uh, and he's just behind Bopo in terms of dpm without a card this game he played three rumble games which is standard so that kind of they all wipe each other out because most players have played three but he's keeping up dpm on zin on lee sin on udir second encounter jungle percentage tied in that cape was a with elioya involved in a hundred percent of his team's first blood kills um the dude is misfits early game yeah he is the he is there like engine almost yeah keeping them in it uh surprising to say the least i mean i think razork last 2020 spring was the last time i remember playing against him on things like the echo he was absolutely popping off now slightly different style brand new solo laners and misfits stuck to their guns they believed in this roster so they must be doing well in scrims or something like that or they just had faith razork's just stepping up um rushing to rank one in, in the us you know solo queue is not a huge huge factor to look at but like you can see that the the spirits there the drives there. well and it's hard probably hard when you're scrimming to maintain rank one or no it's hard to get rank one because i'm on the ladder actually uh, yeah because you're you're popping on your top 50 like you have to go against me all the time uh true no, it's really hard um <laughs> but, so but i think that razork's had great games whereas inspired on the other hand he's had incredibly good games but then yes i will say inspired's had two really bad games against Fnatic, against yeah. g2 he really struggled to find his footing but looking at last split looking at this split inspired just looks like he's on another level i don't know what it is he does but like i watch him play things like kindred and 
the creativity in his pathing to invade a Diana, knowing that she's going to do Raptors, Crux to red, and he's already on her red, and then forces her off. Like the team fights on Fiddlesticks, obviously saved the game from misfits. Um, yeah, I think he's just the most well-rounded best jungler in the league right now. Yeah, he's one of I think like three of uh, three of like kind of this top six session. There are like three junglers who I think have kind of interesting champion pools. It's self-made, it's inspired, and it's Whippo, right? And uh, self-made because of things like the Evelyn, um, inspired, Nocturne, Kindred. You know what I mean? Like he is really innovating in this meta. Fiddlesticks. Fiddlesticks. Sorry, not Nocturne. Fiddlesticks Kindred. Mm. He's really innovating. The Nocturne Fiddle combo, of course, what's coming out. Um, this dude <laughs> has the lowest jungle proximity. And again, jungle proximity is not a perfect stat, but he spends the least time by far around his laners. Everyone is like around like 41 to I think like 47 at max. Inspired's at 36. He's just, a, he's like a mile away from everyone else. Efficient. Now, yeah. And despite that, he's tied with a guy like Yankos. In act in kill, kill splits assist of 15 minutes. Um, and Yankos has like 47%. Dude spends 11% less time and is getting the same effective results. He's only died once at 15 minutes. Like the man's early game is impeccable. And admittedly, again, he's playing for Rogue, a team that already has a great early game. But he is, I think, a linchpin in that operation and is a guy who, um, outside of those two int games, just looks like he is on another level in the jungle right now. Definitely. I think the only real member on Rogue right now is struggling is probably Larson. Um, um, but yeah, Inspire, definitely number one. Um, Razork, definitely number two. Yeah, this list is, yeah, I think I'm happy with the list. I think we came to good conclusions and yes. good reasoning as to why. Just, um, yeah, to be honest, you could you could swap these junglers in and out and you wouldn't notice too much of uh, a difference in terms of skill drop. I, I think I stand, I stand by, yeah, the top five. I think it is a pretty close spread. I think Inspired is, is one of the clear ones. And I think oh, yeah. you'll, you'll think notice inspired, some jumps here and there. Um, but I'll, I'll say that, so just to recap, we've got Inspired number one, Razork number two, Selfie number three, Whippo number four, and El Yoya number five, leaving, I think, Yankos at six. We put Treats at seven, and the rest are kind of just all together. And yeah. of course, Dan's rating not as relevant. We'll see how Markoon does this week. That said, with our top five list now completed, we can get an expert opinion on it. You're See one, you're one expert. We got a second expert to vet. You're an expert too. That's true, but I'm not a definitely not a challenger jungle or a former professional player. So I would say I'm a lo slightly lower tier expert. Very good rapper though. Thank you, dude. That's what I need. All right. Let's talk to El Yoya. Let's see what's up, what's up. Let's see what he thinks of our top five list. It's now our distinct pleasure to welcome none other than Quarantine El Yoya to the show. Quarantine El Yoya. <laughs> How's quarantine, dude? Are you doing okay? What's, what's life like? Are you all right? I mean, doing the best I can, but it's for sure hard. Yeah, I think um, I can't. I can't honestly imagine, dude. I've I've had a few a few scares myself. I've been stuck inside a few more days than I would like to, but I, I can't imagine doing it and also having to having to work, having to progress, having to work as a part of a team. Um, Actually, when, just quick curious question: When you guys scrimmed, you do uh, I suppose you do voter views on like a Discord share screen or something like that. Yeah, we do. Oh, uh, yeah, and that's for sure hard to have all five players focusing on the vote review while you have like so many distractions that are like visual. That's hard. But that's got that second is. monitor open. Twitter's right there. Yeah, YouTube, it's anime. Really it's like, are, is everyone really watching us do this play? Or oh, dude. <laughs> oh man. Um. So we brought you here today to act as another jungle expert alongside Cadrill. We have ranked the top five junglers in the LEC. But before we tell you our list, I would love to know from you, where do you think you are right now in the top five? I mean, I think right now I haven't shown anything yet, so I wouldn't put myself first. I think uh, 
the the one that is performing the best right now is inspired i would say after him it would probably be jankos i think he's also playing decent Ooh, okay then okay. i would place then i would place myself because even though i'm not like performing any like uh i'm not showing anything like really spectacular or anything i think i'm still like one of the best this that's my opinion i might be yeah. uh, completely wrong uh-huh. so i would p- place myself third then i would go for razork fourth and selmate fifth wow okay interesting Dang. okay so our list our list is a bit different our list is a bit different all right so number one we have inspired <laughs> Number yeah. two, we have Razork. And keep in mind, our list is based okay. on current performance, not based on like mm-hmm. where we think they end up or what their peak are. Yeah, just most recent. Form. Yeah. So two is Razork. Three is Selfmade. Four is Blippo. And you are number five. We kicked Yankos out of the top five and put him in sixth. <laughs> how do you feel about that, sir? Or how are we griefing? I mean, Give us your takes. I don't necessarily, because I also put a bit of like knowing how the players are, and like mm. I think Jankos is still like a really solid player, even though he has had some like not uh, so good games, same for me. So, based on performance, I don't think it's uh, such a wrong playlist. Uh, I was going to say playlist, at your list. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> so, I mean, I think Whip is playing fine, but I think he's. Uh, Playing fine as a player, not as a jungler. Like, I think he gets most of the kills because he's a good player, not because he's a good jungler. Like, I think some of the the fundamentals of the jungle he still is missing. Uh, For example, the game he played against me, I remember he picked up his second clear pretty hard. Like, he was Mm -hmm. ahead of me, and he didn't uh, punish um, any of my mistakes I did that game, which was surprising because, as I said, like, I think he's a good player. Like, he's not yet, I would say, a good jungler. I might... Yeah, I mean that's my take on it. Hmm. I like that's why I think he, he he's taking like so much kills. Like he's he's getting so much kills. He's uh, sometimes where he needs to be, but overall, yeah, he's just missing some parts that really distinguish you like as a good jungler. I would say that's like that's an interesting take. Yeah, because I think it's easy for us when we look at him to, and again, we we mm-hmm. kind of the reason that he is um, towards the bottom half of this list is because he did have some of those games like that were that were really rough. Um, but we were looking also a lot at innovation, a lot at champion pool, and he'd been playing a lot of crazy things and, and getting a lot uh, of yeah, work done for Fnatic. He played TP in the jungle, so that's, <laughs> that's a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would I would love to get your take on on Razork specifically, because we have Razork number two right now, um, and he he's a guy that when we talked about him, we said he's pretty much the early game for Misfits is decided by him, but I would love to know um, why you don't rank him maybe in the top three. Now, obviously, his team is doing very well, and that makes it pretty easy to put him high on the tier list, but... What do you think is it that stops Razork from being in the top two, which is where, where we put him? I would say it's his uh, decision-making. Like, I think mechanically, he's probably, if not the best, like one of the best right now in the league. Like, he's mechanically really, really good. Like, like he's insane to me mechanically. But sometimes I think he takes... Uh, uh, he takes decisions that, are, uh, that you can punish, like, really easy. The teams are not doing it right now, and I think that's uh, kind of like normal because we're at the start of the second split, so it's kind of normal. But he's doing some decisions that I think are really punishable, and overall, yeah. But I still think that he can be one of the best, just because uh, what I said, like mechanically, he's one of the best. Uh, I think what he's missing a bit is a bit of like uh, knowledge and uh, what to lanes play around, when to defend, when to like uh, cross map, these kind of things, which really come with experience. I really got that from 
experience in MSI, for example, that helped me a lot. And I think that's what he's missing. And if he gets that, he's going to be like a really, really solid jungler. So you think right now he's just a little bit too explosive and risky? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I think you can you can definitely see that in a lot of his historic splits where he was super, super feast or famine. And I guess it's harder to see this season um, when it's always working. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's working very consistently yeah. for Misfits. Um, yeah. The, the other thing I would love to know, kind of, because we have a lot of similar names on this list. Um, when you look ahead towards the end of this season, when you look at like, when you look at yourself, when you look at players like Whippo, who you talk about maybe needs some more of these fundamentals, who do you like, if you had to say who you expect to be top three at the end of the season, really looking forward, who do you think your top three would be there? I think at the end of the season, it's going to be me, Inspired, and I'm going to say Razork. Yeah, I'm going to say those three. I like it. I mean, that's cool. It's it's really interesting to see. So um, tough again. For for Yankos, who kind oh, yeah. of year last week, then but then it just feels <laughs> to me like top six junglers are all so good. Like Whippo, like I said, really good as a player. Not so maybe not so much a jungler, but definitely a lot to learn. Time is what yep. he probably needs, right? But then you look across like self made you, yourself, you know, uh, inspired. Razor. It just feels like jungle right now in the top six is really really stacked. Um, do you think that it's? Do you get that same kind of feeling right now? I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, even be before coming into MSA, I thought that the jungle was not so good, not so good as a, as a pool in Europe. But now that you can play against the best, and like you can see, I don't think jungle is so like a, like we are kind of even to other regions. I still think that um, Way and Canyon are above us for sure. Like well, Canyon's a mid later now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's actually true. That's actually true. You just have to be Malrain, it's, dude. Now it's, it's, it's way easier. Now it's the only way, and maybe JJ, I think. LPL junglers are still, like, insane. But after, like, playing against them and being, like, kind of toe-to-toe to them, not sure if that's an expression, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's going toe-to-toe. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> no, it is, because I, I remember in uh, when you were here last time in spring, you said, like, Jungle yeah, pool in you, Europe you were, you were like you, you were, were like, like we're disappointed. Screwed. <laughs> we're screwed, but now it now it looks a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think that the jungle pool in Europe is is pretty good. I like it, and I'm excited to see how it develops because again, I think there's a lot of people that were waiting to see either level up or show us more. Razork maybe a chance to prove that this isn't just a win streak. You you obviously have a lot of room to ramp up into this season. Similar, maybe Yankos can rise again, and Whipple obviously learning the role in the first split. Crazy place to be. Um, shifting attention to you guys, coming back from MSI, obviously a great learning opportunity, but um, you guys are kind of hit with the double whammy of you've been working way more than anyone else because you had to go to MSI, right, in the offseason, and some teams were scrimming, but then you also have this um, this COVID problem, which is making, I think, all, all of your lives more difficult, I imagine. Um, how How is Mad Lions as a team doing? How are you guys handling everything right now? Like, what... What percentage do you feel like you're at in terms of overall team strength? Because you've had some good games, you've had some bad games, and uh, right now it just seems like the odds feel a little stacked against you in terms of yeah. having to deal with this quarantine. I think we're right now like at the 30% of what we can be. Um, like, it's really hard to work when you're quarantined and... Uh, when you've been quarantined for long, it's even harder. Uh, you cannot see each other, like you cannot see sunlight, which is something that affects me because then my eyes hurt a lot if I cannot see the sunlight. They are like burning a lot. Mm. So it actually affects us a lot. Also, 
we came from a really uh, stressed schedule, which was MSI. And after the MSI, we only had two weeks of uh, relax where, where we just did nothing. So right now we are practicing way less than others. Like uh, in my case, I'm not even playing so much Solo Queue because I'm pretty demotivated with this situation. Uh, like it's it's hard yeah, to, to be in quarantine and like, uh, to still like be uh, motivated to play Solo Queue to wanting to play Screams. All of this, it's... It's just hard because you wake up and you do the same every day for already uh, we've been 16 days and we still have to do more quarantine. So wow. it's tough. It's for sure tough to do you have an ETA as to when it's going to end or anything like that. If you say you've still got loads more days. Yeah, let's. Uh, so we had a positive and then that positive is now negative, but we had another positive. So. Oh, it's like a double quarantine. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it's it's 28 days of quarantine. Wow. Yeah. yeah, as someone who went through these scares, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's it's a bit... It's not just from a, like, just figuring out who is positive and who is negative. I think, like, when, we, when I had my scare at the end of last season, right after kind of our final cast on MSI in the group stage, I... I was in an experience where we got like we got two negative PCR tests and then there was a positive TCR test and there was another negative PCR test from the person who was like patient zero in my case. I had like a million negative PCR tests, but the government was like, you got to stay safe and respect. You know, you do want to play it safe. It's not like this is not risks that you want to be taking, but it is. Yeah, it is already a stressful situation and there's so much stuff around it. I feel like that makes it even more stressful. The, the three biggest things are like, first of all the game's changing a lot right now in terms of the patch and like the meta shifted a lot since MSI, it feels like. Yeah. Second of all, you're stuck in quarantine for so much longer still. And third of all, you, you really haven't had that long time to break. So I, I suppose there's a lot of stress going on in Mad Lions from an outside perspective. Are you guys taking it slow, you know, dropping scrim days here and there and then making sure yes. everything's like mentally, everyone's got good mental health going forwards? Yeah, we are dropping scrim days, as you said, and we're also like taking it uh, way more calm. Like... We Everyone is like not pressuring each other. Like we know it's the start of the season. We know this is just a regular split Mad Lions. It's not play of Mad Lions, so it's fine. Like we can drop some games as long as we perform when it matters. So as long as we are in the best shape for playoffs, we don't care about regular season. Still, this doesn't mean that we got, I mean, we got completely hit by the extra lose, the vitality lose, and the G to lose. We, th that still hurts a lot, even though yeah. we didn't like we 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 knew that this was gonna happen because when we uh, know like that was, there was a possibility, like we know it was gonna be hard, and we know that these uh, following weeks were not gonna be easy. But it still hurts to lose to drop this kind of games and more. Since you already have that expectation that you won the LAC uh, spring split, so everyone is like expecting you, and now you kind of lose to these teams, then like there is so much like doubts about it, which is not completely normal. I, I understand because right now we are not performing, but yeah, I mean, it's not we 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 haven't come to our like best shape yet. Like we are still like <clears throat> taking it with uh, normal. Do you have an opinion on this kind of? MSI to summer split because yourselves are struggling. I mean, these are for probably separate reasons to other teams, but RNG, for example, is 13th place right now in the LPL. They're really struggling. Damn one is role swapping everyone. They don't really know where they're going. Cloud9 struggling too. Do you think this is all coming from MSI in terms of like just practicing way too much and just losing that form or losing that con consistent practice? Mm, I don't, I don't like it. 
I mean, I don't like to blame it only on that one thing. I think there is a lot of factors, but I think it's uh, for sure a big reason that some teams are like not doing so well right now. It's because we had no break. Like two weeks break is just no time to disconnect. Like really, because it's not even two two weeks because you also have to do quarantine in Germany, depending on where you come from, and so you had to be seven days before, uh, five days before. Sorry, so it wasn't even two weeks of break, mm-hmm. and I think. After being playing uh, since December until May, it was yeah mm-hmm. until May. It's like you've been you've been working so much. You have so much uh, work on you that you just wanna take a break for like at least one month, and you cannot yeah. do it. So right now we are kind of like doing both. Like we are playing league, but at the same time, like not tryharding so much because then. We are gonna be war- burned out for the worlds mm. because yeah. it's something that happened to me at MSI. I was pretty burned out, and it was really hard since I I didn't I didn't have that experience. Like my only experience was a shorter uh, season, so I didn't know what was it to be burned out, and I thought I wouldn't be. But turns out I was burned out at MSI. So now I'm trying to not play so much, and like as a team, we're just taking it way easy. Yeah. I think that it's hard. I mean, you can always, you can see in G2 when they were in their successful stints, right? About how much they struggled with this and trying to find the right answer. And ultimately they did find their way back to success. But I just think that this is a unique problem that there's not a lot of good solutions to because there are so few teams that actually experience it, right? Because ultimately one team from each region goes to MSI. And it's not like we're all sharing data points, you know, LCK to LPL about how we, or in your guys' case, because essentially you're trying to fix a ship that's in motion. You know what I mean? You still have to scrim. You still have to play stage games. And then you also need to kind of take these half break days, take it a little bit easier. So I just think to me, it's you're not you're not really set up for success in the current situation. You know, even without the quarantine, it would already be hard, I imagine. And it's it's a brutal it's a brutal thing to deal with. And yeah. I think I, I didn't really appreciate how how rough it was until we talked to you today. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, do you feel like this is a situation where, you know, like maybe, hey, we can they've changed a few things here and there and we can go from what sounds like you guys just surviving just trying to get through the split just trying to hold on until you guys can be out of quarantine and and you know practicing together and scrimming together and getting good good practice again or is this is there is there a way that you guys can like thrive in this situation is there more work to be done or do you feel like right now mad lions is just let's survive let's make it through the quarantine we get out we shape up for playoffs and we go from there like what what's actually next i mean uh, about this, I think there is two points of views because, for example, uh, I saw Coma that uh, saw, uh, said in an interview that you cannot be burned out as a player. Like, if you are a League of Legends player, it's not acceptable for you to say you are burned out or you're tired of playing League. That, so I think that there is two takes about this. Like, there is one that is, yeah, this is a really stressed schedule and this is for sure hard, but also, it's the situations you need to get over that will make you stronger. So. If you really go through this, uh, the next time I know it's not gonna be like even half as hard as it was this time for me. So it's learn. It's uh, I take it as a learning experience, more of like uh, more of like a bad experience or a surviving experience. Even though yes, right now we might be surviving, but it's also because of the fact that first of all, Mad Lions is a really emotional team. Like this is for sure. Like <laughs> if if there is an emotional team, it's Mad Lions. Like. When we are happy, we are really happy. When, but when we go through tough times, they are tough times because 
we are really emotional. Like me, Karzi, you can just see. You can just see we are really emotional. And also, uh, because of all of this uh, quarantine happened, I think it also made it pretty uh, way worse. But uh, as I was saying, the other take, I think, is just to... You need to know your limits and you need to know what to do in order to not be so burned out. And I think that if you are that experience or you know how to do that, I think then it's easier and you can manage it well. Like you can just finish MSI and be like these two weeks be able to disconnect and then you might not come as a stronger, but you will still like be in shape to keep winning because let's not forget that during this MSI we've been screaming and we've been screaming top teams at the end. So we got some really, really good practice, but I think it's not until you stop, uh, like you take a break that you you can see how much you learned during that process. Mm, yeah. Not sure if this makes sense. No, it, I it does. Yeah, and I think my, my point of view. It's, it's, like, it's like going to the gym kind of, right? And you're lifting really heavy weights and eventually your muscle has no more. But then the break you have is two days before you go back to the gym. You know, that's like going yeah. back to summer split. You know, you need at least like a week or two to get the muscles back. You haven't been, you know, lifting for a while. You know, the muscles are really not there. So it takes time to recover, especially when it comes to burnout, obviously on a different scale. Uh, but, uh, and then like, Actually, I, being a sponge as to what you learned, whereas you know, it's 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 a lot of uh, a lot of small things that kind of build yeah. up. And we were talking um, before you came on, and like one of the credits that we always give you is that somehow, no matter what the situation is, it always feels like you find the right mentality. And here we got it again. Because honestly, I'd be done, dude. Yeah, I did an same. interview like this. I'd be like, life is life is crap. I'm just surviving. This is it. Because that's how I felt in my like much shorter quarantine than what you were doing with very little work. I felt like done. I felt done though. So the fact that you can still hold on to this mindset, the fact that you can hold on to powering through, learning from it, growing from it, not just letting it be something that you survived, but something that like has helped you grow as a person is an incredible mindset. It's almost unbelievable for me, uh, if I'm honest. And all I have to say to kind of close this out is is, is good luck, man. Because I think that this challenge is is really hard, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out here who've had to deal with similar, you know, quarantines and COVID. Um, you know, especially in the midst of a Berlin that is steadily but surely opening up, and there's a lot of things you could do if you could be free on your off day. But um, yeah, man, seriously, good luck. Mm -hmm. um, good luck in the weeks to come. Any fi final notes here? You're playing Misfits and Rogue next week. Easy 2-0 for, for Mad Lion. Just just to completely shift the pace away from the the difficulties of Mad Lion. Easy 2-0 week. What are you what are, what are you hey, feeling? All, I, all I'm saying is in the spring we we went zero two against both, so it's an easy two zero today. Oh, I like this week. The <laughs> easy two zero. This way. MSI, you know, it's gonna be easy. That's all I needed to hear. Thank you again, Elioya, for taking the time, dude. Um, it was a pleasure to have you, and uh, yeah, good luck in this week's games, man. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I kind of tried to lighten it at the end there, but it felt a little weird. I'm not going to lie. That was a really intense interview. Um, and Elioya kept a kind of a cheery smile on his face and, and talked about a lot of really heavy things. And again, shout out to Elioya for being so incredibly candid. Um, I didn't realize things were like that bad. I didn't realize they basically had to double quarantine that like, dude, I barely made it through one. And I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just saying like, I've had this experience and I like, I don't know how another human being can make it through that like sanity and check in check i, I yeah, don't twice it's, that's it's really not fun mental health definitely the biggest priority in mad lines right now i don't think coming first second third whatever just make playoffs keep mental Here's, health and then when they're out of quarantine i'm sure things will start to get better but right now it's definitely yeah whatever happens with mad this split mad fans you have every right to be like disappointed if they let's say on the off chance don't make playoffs 
But ultimately for me, it's like, as a person looking at another group of people, if they just make it through this split mental health intact, I'll be happy for them. I want to set higher expectations for that. But after an interview like that, it's like, dude, like you just, just survive, man. I mean, that's just brutal. Like I can't, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me. Like I, I rarely feel like I'm at a complete loss for words here, but that just sounds really, really hard. And it's a lot of factors as well. Yeah. And Good luck to Mad. Of course, we talked about it already. Mad are going to play Misfits. Mad are going to play Rogue. Easy 2-0 from Elioia. We're going to hope to see this team continue to grow. We're going to hope to see them thrive rather than think, just survive. I think realistically, they should make playoffs. They should be all right. They'll make playoffs. They'll probably have a couple best of fives to go through. I don't think they'll probably... I don't think they'll yeah. make top three uh, unless they can get out of quarantine and just ramp up to Mad Lions because Elioia said they're at 30% of their form right now. Yeah. Which, that's quite low, you know? When they're together, they're, I think being together is so important. I thought 50 would be what he said. I, yeah. 30 is really low. Yeah, I think that's obviously loads of things, right? Not being together. You can't go through scrimmed reviews very well together. You can't really pinpoint things. So the scrims are low quality. You're scrimming less. Quarantine, mental health, burnout. We are still like, called yeah. them out as an emotional team. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think once they get out of quarantine and they can bounce back, that'll be awesome for them. I can't wait to see them in playoffs. I think they'll make playoffs. Um, and yeah, hearts out to Madlines. For sure. Uh, that said, you know, as much as those factors, we're still going to look at their games as honestly as we can. We're going to talk about the problems and there'll always be this caveat in the back, but we'll do our best. I think it'd be unfair of them, unfair of us to, uh, analyze too much through that lens. Mm -hmm. So we'll just talk about what the problems are. And if those are a product of quarantine, if those are a product of bad scrims, that's what it is. But we'll just give uh, mad lions the best but straightforward take. We cool can. thing is this weekend stacked. This weekend is hella stacked. All right. First off, um, self-indulgent, but we are casting together again this weekend. Had a nice, you got to spend some time with medic. I got to spend some time with Vetti, but now the boys are back. We're back together, and we get some of my favorite games of the weekend. Cadre, why don't you tell us, tell the people what we're what we're going to be bringing them on the I cast? I believe department. we're casting the first three games on Friday. So that's Vitality versus Astralis, Bam. SK versus Rogue, Bam. Misfits versus Mad. Oh, and you know I love bottom team games. I love bottom teams versus bottom teams. Those are my second favorite cast next to top team versus top team. But I, uh, I actually think we're casting the last three games on Saturday. So oh, we're SK, getting the six this week. SK Fnatic. Yes. Misfits G2 Rogue Mad Lions. And we'll update you guys because um, these things um, tend to get adjusted a little bit towards the end. But if we get Rogue Mad and Misfits Mad, that's dope. And Misfits G2. Woo! <laughs> that's pretty dope there's <gasps> some are... really good games this 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 weekend especially when you look at even like xl roster changes you know they're up against g2 what can they do up against vitality um yeah, yeah so no, let's let's talk good. about what this is fanatic can be on a seven game win streak and i think are expected to be so fanatic in a really yeah, strong Schalke, position sk fanatic definitely needs any should weekend. be seven win streak going to second half of the split awesome chance for redemption again in week five when they get to replay some of the teams that they kind of bombed out against for vitality again bit of a victory lap so if you're excited to see the development of fanatic and vitality and check track their stories this week is not as important if they mm -hmm. lose it does matter but this is not them proving anything big on the opposite side misfits massive massive week this is a chance for misfits to prove that they are not again a flash in the pan but an actual fish, fish in the pan an actual top team this is not weak form vitality and fanatic they are beating they are going up against you know mad lions who admittedly are struggling but are still a very good team and more importantly g2 Yes. And, and the big questions around G2, you know. True. Um, having lost to Vitality, definitely struggling. But we'll never see. an easy thing. As we said, even if G2 fall behind a bit in the early game, Misfit, we talked about it, maybe a shaky mid, shaky bot lane, not good things to have against a G2, especially if they're busting out more Pantheon supports. Mm -hmm. So eyes on Misfits, eyes on G2, and eyes on Matt, right? They're against Misfits, yeah. uh, uh, Misfits Rogue as well. So definitely eyes on them. Other teams in the top six, kind of easier schedules, you know, taking it slow, coming towards the second half of the split. Well, the first yeah. half, I believe, of the split. Um, 
I think it's a go again. Yep. And I'd expect top six to stay the same same this week, folks. Uh, if you're keeping up, it's Misfits in first, Fnatic Rogue tied for second, and then a three-way tie for fourth, and G2. I don't Madden know if they'll stay the same, though. The thing Misfits is, is that... Misfits definitely against tough teams. They could no, no, so down the top six will remain oh, I see. the top six okay. because Astralis, Excel, Shaka all only have two wins. And yeah. while some of them might get one win, I think it's unlikely that we see a dramatic shift here. So I would say expect top six to remain the same, but positioning within the top six could change dramatically. Fnatic win 2-0, Misfits maybe drop a game. You're looking at a tie for first there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we've got a lot of setups where we are set for at least the next few weeks to have a lot of really close top of the table matches. And again, credit to SK, maybe they keep rising. XL, maybe they keep rising. Skeptical about Astralis, skeptical about Schalke. But, you know, there is definitely room to upset the apple cart. Probably just won't happen this week. Let me ask you one question, Mr. Daniel Drake. So we've got our top six, okay? If anyone is going to take a sixth spot from someone, who's it going to be? I don't know about Schalke. I don't know about our boy Marcoon yet. The thing about Schalke is that, like, outside of Kire, who is really struggling, Schalke is pretty solid. Yeah, Broken Blade especially is is really popping. So I'm still inclined to say Schalke, Uh but I don't think it's SK. But I think this weekend it's not Astralis. That's the important thing. That's true. I think it's Schalke or Excel, and I think Excel all depends. And again, not to put too much pressure on Advian and and Marcoon, but I think if those if that setup really works. Patrick and Nuke Duck, when they're set up for success, are pretty damn strong core. And I think, like, I'm not going to tell you they're going to get fourth, but I think they could fight for that sixth spot for sure. Because, again, Schalke is against Astralis, so that could be um, that could be interesting, you know? Schalke yeah. against Fnatic. I think the bounce backs are coming here for the lower tier teams. You know, if XL can be the top teams, you know, that'll help them going on. So this weekend will tell us a lot about whether our top six will be solidified going to playoffs. I'm ready for it. Ready Week for four, it. coming your way. This is the end of the first round. Robin... We're going to see how all these teams stack up. Chance for misfits to prove themselves even further. Maybe we won't be skeptics in the second half. Maybe they're not. We're not just waiting for them to fall. I don't know. It feels weird to say that, but misfits are pretty damn good right now. Oh, we'll yeah. see if the how the top six shapes up and if any of the bottom teams can rise. You can catch all of that and more on the LEC this weekend. 5.30 is the ready check start time. I believe Central European time or Central European summertime. Guys, I can't keep track of, of which one we're in. Whatever one we're in, it, Berlin time. I'm going to say Berlin time and y'all can figure it out yourselves, whatever that is. Um, tonight is England versus Germany. It's coming. <laughs> no, home. I'm rooting for Germany, bro. I've got no love for your for your country. It's coming <laughs> home. My only experience in the UK is paying way too much money at like a stadium for chips. Very disappointing. It's coming home. All right, it might be coming home. We'll find out tomorrow whether or not it came home. You'll already know by the time you listen to this podcast. This has been Euphoria, season eight, episode Three four. Lines on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dracos. This is Cadrill. We'll be back next week for more euphoria. <laughs>